Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to episode two of Behind the Med Bag. It's me again, Troy. Uh, I'm just going to be by myself today, so it's probably going to be a shorter podcast, but uh, I just kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper into what Behind the Med Bag means uh, and what it is, what it means to me, why I chose the name that I chose and the deeper meaning behind it. Um, I don't have any sponsors, so I can't I'm not going to bore anybody, at least right up front, with uh, any of the housekeeping things or uh, anything anything that's going to make me any, any kind of money or anything like that. So uh, we'll dive right into it. <clears throat> so I went to college originally intending to be an engineering major, and uh, my first semester, that didn't go very well. I uh, didn't really understand what was going on for a lot of it. I didn't understand a lot of what the engineering stuff was about. Uh, <clears throat> and I knew that I was going to need to change my major into something that was going to fit me a little bit better, but I didn't know what it was at that point. So getting into it, I kind of realized that I was helping a lot of my friends that were nursing majors or in, in some sort of... Uh, exercise science or anatomical field, essentially, just some sort of medicine and helping them with their homework with anatomy and whatnot and realized that I had a good understanding of uh, the human body and the way it works and, and whatnot. So uh, I decided that I was going to change my major to athletic training or sports medicine, as a lot of people know it. And that was honestly probably the best thing that I could have done for my life because I realized that medicine is a true passion of mine. It's something that I, uh, I understand and something that I can show to others and to give back and, you know, just to kind of, I don't want to say express myself, but to, to show that, you know, I, I know this, this is my, my niche in the world. And <clears throat> from there, I, I did a lot of, uh, I had a lot of clinical experience. Uh, I think I said it in my last podcast, I've probably done roughly 500 hours of, uh, clinical experience, whether that's, you know, um, working actually physically in a clinic or doing uh, game coverage or just anything related to medicine. And uh, that definitely opened up a lot of doors for me in the, in the, the scheme of things. Um, and that's, that's really led me to where I am today being in, uh, being in the Navy. Um, but I wanted this podcast to be more than just what I do on a medical front. I want to talk a lot about hunting and fishing and uh, I play video games too. Like I'm a, I'm an active person and you know, I, I work out frequently and I enjoy the gym and, uh, but I also enjoy, uh, leisure time and, you know, relaxing, hanging out with family, that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot more to to what I do uh, than just medicine. I mean, being being a twenty you know, two year old, uh, just barely starting my actual life. It's it's there's so much more than just medicine to me, and so that's essentially where it's at. It's, it's behind the med bag. It's what you see, uh, if you were to be a fly on the wall in my, in my, just in my life, uh, or for you video gamers, it's the third person view of, of what I, what I do on a daily basis. And so a lot of it is going to be, I mean, I might touch on medicine here and there and, you know, uh, there's a lot of cool things that go on in the world. Um, as far as medicine goes, uh, and at the time that I'm making this podcast, um, COVID is a, a big thing. COVID-19, I'm sure it's going to be in history books for eons to come. Uh, the vaccine is just starting to roll out and, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff medically that 
generally gets swept under the rug because not a lot of people understand it. So I might touch on it here and there, but honestly, I want to, I want to stick with, you know, being, being involved with, you know, the outdoors, uh, video games, or like I said, video games are one of my biggest hobbies that I do. And, uh, I want to, I want to stick with those things, maybe give some advice about, you know, uh, people that are going to college or people that want to join the military or uh, maybe some recipes that I found for some wild game uh, that I that I uh, harvested and you know my significant other is into the outdoors as well she's more on the gardening aspect of things and that's also really cool so I might have her as a guest host talking about you know some of the plant stuff that she does and I started getting into that recently um, within the last year or so and a lot of that is just fascinating as well like uh, growing plants and just the you can't just put seeds in the ground and tell it to grow you know it's that's pretty cool to me as well so uh, doing the podcast and talking about things other than medicine is where behind the med bag comes from. It's a, it's not a catch all, but it's a, it's just a deeper look into, into life and, you know, theology or whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk about. And if anybody has any suggestions, I'll talk about that too. I can do Q and A's. I can do, um, talk about topics that people suggest as well. Uh, sometimes I just kind of like talking and it's, it's fun. Um, I generally try to stay away from politics in a group setting just because that can lead to a lot of, uh, issues and the way people handle different opinions these days is bad at best. I should, I, I guess is a good way to quantify it. Um, <clears throat> so you know, there's, I, I'm, I'm open to, to suggestions and I'm open to topics that people want to, want me to discuss or want to discuss with me. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I'm willing to talk about. So moving on from that, I guess for the rest of the podcast, I can talk about, I can talk about college and what college is like and being away from home. Um, this is my second time being away from home. And uh, it's, it doesn't get easy, easier the more times you do it. Um, the first time I left home, I kind of hid myself behind a, a wall of, I don't actually care that much. I'm excited to start my life. But in reality, it was really hard for me to, to leave everything that I left behind um, and move to a different state for a little bit. And I was still within driving distance of home, but uh, it, it was hard. And I think the best way that I could, that I personally dealt with it was uh, keeping myself busy um, with schoolwork or with uh, doing extracurricular stuff on the weekends, like going bowling or golfing or whatever. And then at the time I was also actively playing baseball. So it was, uh, that also helped me stay a little bit busy, uh, between working out and uh, practice and this and that, and just running around everywhere and study hall and all that good stuff. So if you're, if you're a, uh, high schooler going into college as an athlete, uh, you're probably going to have it a little bit easier than a lot of people that haven't left home before, aren't playing a sport, are just going to a different school for whatever reason that they decided to go to this school. And I mean, that's okay. You, you're not going to, it's not going to discount the experience at all. It's still going to be something that you should, what's the word? You should appreciate in the moment. And it's it's something that you shouldn't take for granted, definitely. 
Um, but once I stopped playing baseball and once I, once I really had to figure out ways to keep myself occupied, I think that's when I started playing video games a lot. Um, I obviously wouldn't let my, my schoolwork, um, go by the wayside, but playing, that was where I, I really came into my own and, um, really started enjoying video games because I never really got to grow up playing them and, uh, it just, it was like a release, you know? So if that's something that you're into, um, video games is definitely a good way to, to pass the time and to take your mind off of missing home. Uh, so I guess the, the first tip that I would, uh, suggest is to find a hobby of some sort, something that's not school related, that's not gonna take away from your college experience. I'm not saying go out and party every weekend and just forget everything. Um, but find something that is productive and something that you enjoy doing. Uh, I'm not going to say video games are unproductive just because, you know, it's, it's okay to have something that's just mind numbing for a little bit at a time that can help you take your mind off of, oh, I have this project due that I'm pretty much done with and I just need to, you know, relax a little bit or, you know, uh, I had a, I had a test today. I don't really want to study because I've already been doing that for the past three days straight trying to get ready for the test. So I'm going to award myself by, you know, forgetting about everything and just forgetting, not forgetting, but doing something that's going to be mind numbing. Um, that's how I viewed it. Uh, you can, you know, some people will, crochet some people will I don't know what the hell other people do in all honesty I've kept myself to the point that you know all I know is video games in my free time like I'd either work out or play video games uh honestly I think that's the way it should be I think you should mind your own business not worry about what other people do but that's just me um and then obviously you know I hunt and I fish and that's another way to take my mind off of things but that's a little bit that was a little difficult in the at the college that I went to at first so I kind of found my thing uh, whatever whatever you like to do just bring it with you to college uh, you're gonna think that you don't need this or think you're gonna not need that but in the end like it's not it's not the end of the world if you bring it with you and you never use it but it's good to have something um Another thing would be to try to find friends that share similar interests. So you have somebody to talk to about it. Um, I got lucky with a lot of the friends that I met at my first school. Um, I didn't really care to meet as many at my second school just because I had uh, some other stuff on my mind that I might talk about in a later podcast, just some career stuff that I was really focused on and um, excited to to reach. Um but at my first school, I found a lot of friends that were shared similar interests with me and that were in the same field as I was. And uh, they know who they are. I don't know if they're going to listen to this, but if if they do, you know, they should know that I'm so grateful that I had them in my life uh, at that time and um, that they uh, they really helped me get through a lot of things. So finding a good a good solid group of friends that are going to keep you out of trouble and, uh, keep you, keep you focused on, on mental health and, you know, focusing on school and whatnot is definitely a big thing. Um, eating well is going to really help you with your, just your brain power, your overall energy levels, your mood. Uh, that's going to be another big thing. I, Tried to meal prep when I was in college. Um, it was a little bit easier when I went to my second school just because I stayed at my own house. So I had a little bit more of an access to uh, to better food uh, more frequently. And uh, it kind of helped me get on a little bit of a better path to being healthy and being just a better a better student and a better person overall. So make sure you're taking the time out of your day to focus on your diet and focus on uh, what you're putting into your body because what you put into your body is the same as what you get out. And 
it's gonna it's gonna benefit you way more than you even know so eat well study hard find yourself a hobby find yourself some good friends those are honestly the best things that I could recommend doing if you're uh you're a, a high schooler going into college um I'm already graduated I I've already done all of this so if if you're wondering what my my expertise in the area is that's that's it for you I I'm fresh out of it I uh I'm I'm right there I I I can sympathize with a lot of different age groups that uh I've I've been there. I've done a lot of different things, and just a different a bunch of different um, samples of people. You know, I was a student athlete. I was just a student. I was uh, I worked full time and went to school full time at at some point, um, or at one point in my my college career. You know, so I've I've done a little bit of everything, um, and it's honestly I wouldn't have changed a thing. Just because I got so many different life experiences out of, out of what I did and how I went about my college uh, experience, and so now that definitely helped me transition into uh, joining the Navy as well. Um, that's definitely taught me how to live on my own, but at the same time, it's also taught me okay, now I need to study for this. I need to. Uh, focus more attention into that. Uh, it's it's, although my Navy career sh- hasn't. It's it's short at the moment. Um, I've already noticed that I've done better. Than I would have if I didn't have the experience of going to college. So if you're, if you're thinking about you know the military, then I definitely suggest. Um, going to college first, if you can. I know that that's not necessarily the case for a lot of people. I got really lucky with my situation. And so um, if that's not something that you can feasibly do, just take your mindset into the military and uh, do your college while you're there and just let it, just get that experience and um, and do whatever. And I'm I'm not advocating, you know, you have to go to college at some point, like, a lot of people don't even don't go to college. You can if you're going to join the military, you don't you know, you don't have to go to college and a lot of skills in the military transfer to the civilian world. So it's not necessarily required. Um, another big thing uh that a lot of people misconstrue is that four-year college, getting a bachelor's degree is also required. And I mean, I'm I'm in a weird situation because I have a four-year degree, but I generally, when people ask me what they should do, I generally will suggest going and doing a trade, unless you want to do something like um, be in the medical field or there's a few other things that you kind of have to have a four-year degree or more um, to get a get a job in and get qualified in. Um, but if it's not one of those things, you don't need a four-year degree to be an engineer. Um, you don't need a four-year degree necessarily even to be a nurse. Um, a lot of people do uh, nursing certificates and they're still registered nurses. Uh I would recommend that one, though, just because you're going to get a little bit more experience uh, going to a four-year school. But I'm not a nurse, so I'm not an expert on that. Um, Really, it just kind of depends on what you want to do with your life. Going to school isn't for everyone. Um, Some people are more hands-on learners. I was more of a hands-on learner. I think that's why medicine really fit me well is because a lot of it is going to be hands-on. It's going to be, you're doing a lot of stuff practically, uh, as well as the book work, but it's easier to understand the book work if you're doing it every day. And so, you know, everybody has their own, their own way of learning things. Everybody has their own path in life. There's no right way. There's no, uh, you know, 
better or worse. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're in a bad spot, if you're in and out of jail, if you're, you know, struggling with drug addiction or, you know, any kind of thing like that, that you, obviously that's something that should get fixed. And there's like, there's ways to help or to, to get help, to seek help for things like that. But that doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're this or that or anything doesn't mean you can't turn it around and pick up a trade or go to college or do this or whatever. Um, it might close a few doors, but where one door closes, another one might open. It just depends on your drive and how much you really want it. And it doesn't, and it's not a, you know, I'm a lower class, I'm an upper class, I'm a middle class, so I can, you know, I have to do this job or this job or this job just based off of what class it is or what class you're in. It's a hundred percent based off of how bad do you want it. And any of those negative attitudes of people that say, well, I can't be a doctor because I'm poor right now, so I can't afford medical school or I can't afford this or that. It's, that's, that's the, the lazy way of getting out of it. If you want to do something bad enough, you'll take the student loans, you'll find a way to get a scholarship, you'll find a way to do this or that or whatever, and you'll, you will succeed if you try hard enough. And that's the, that's the mindset that you have to have going into, you know, going into college, going into the military, going into a trade, going into any job that you have. Um, it's, it's what you have to, it's the mindset that you have to have going into it. And I know a lot of people talk about it. I'm no, you know, I personally am not a David Goggins or a Jocko Willink or any of these other people that, uh, have the mental capacity of pushing themselves beyond the scope of what somebody can reasonably imagine. But I can push myself and to the point of I know, okay, I'm not going to achieve this if I don't put this amount of effort in. Or I'm not going to be able to do this if I don't put X amount of effort into the process. And so it's, it's all a mindset thing. That's all college is, is just a mindset of... Uh, I will get through this. It's not going to be forever. Eventually, I'm going to be done with college or I'm going to be done with this trade school or I'm going to be done with this A school or tech school or whatever you want to call it in the military. Um, Navy calls it A school. I know Air Force calls it tech school. You're learning your trade. Uh the mindset is I will get through it and it's not going to be forever. It's not going to, the, the, you know, three hours of sleep a night is not going to be forever. The stress of I have a test tomorrow is not going to be forever. The stress of uh, an RDC or a drill sergeant or whatever breathing down my neck isn't going to be forever. It's, it's the mindset of I'm, I'm physically and mentally strong enough to get through this is what's going to help you with anything in life. And not to, you know, I know that's kind of a long tangent to get off on considering I was talking about college and being away from home, but you can use, you can use that mindset for, for anything. And so that's that's my advice for anybody going to college or going into the military or going to trade school whatever it is that you're doing in life that's the mindset that you have to carry into it is i'm i'm either going to enjoy this or it's going to suck but it's not going to be forever it's going to be one of those two things and so if you want the change if you want something better or if you enjoy what you're doing 
you will be in one of those two mindsets. There's no, there's, there's no way around it. It's just, you have to be in that, in that mindset. So I don't think I have anything else for today. I kind of got off onto a tangent and I kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I had covered the topic completely. Let me know if I did or if I didn't. Um, I don't know what I'll do for my next podcast. I might have a guest on. I might not. We'll see. Uh, this is my first solo podcast. So we're just going to we're gonna see how it goes and what it do. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will catch you guys in the next episode of Behind the Med Bag. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to episode three of Behind the Med Bag. It's me again, Troy, uh, by myself again today. I'm going to go kind of against what I said in my last podcast and talk a little bit about medical stuff today just because uh, I was watching the news and saw some stuff about COVID and all that stuff that's going on right now. And I kind of want to put my two cents in just because I have a little bit of uh, an expertise in, in public health and uh, the human body and whatnot um, as a whole. Uh, so today I saw something on the news about a five-year-old that was hospitalized due to COVID. And it kind of made me think because all of the, not all of, most of the cases that you're seeing of people getting hospitalized due to COVID are either an elderly population or people with some sort of what's called a comorbidity. So something that's going to, a pre-existing condition that having COVID will just exacerbate the symptoms of that's kind of what most people are worried about as far as this goes is the people that have you know asthma or diabetes or stuff like that and seeing a previously healthy uh young person hospitalized because of this really made me think of what are we really focusing on in the world what are we in the united states what kind of things are we focusing on uh, as far as public health goes. So most, most of the younger people that have been hospitalized due to this disease that's going around, um, have had some sort of issue. Like I said, have had a, a comorbidity of some sort, a pre-existing condition that, that gives them or that causes them a reaction that is life-threatening. And a lot of people that are older than, I don't know the exact statistics, um, but that are older than, say, the five-year-olds. So the, the people in my age range, you know, 20 to 40 years old are the ones that have the pre-existing condition are the ones being hospitalized. And a lot of those have to do with obesity. And my particular expertise, my area of study is in exercise and uh, public health in that manner. So I deal with a lot of, um, or I guess dealt with a lot of uh, cardiac issues, a lot of um, metabolic disorders. And that was generally what I would focus on, uh, in my, in my researches and that kind of stuff. Um, if I wasn't doing a sports medicine, uh, themed topic, it was going to be public health or, you know, the, the underlying issues of obesity in the United States and what, what stems out of that. And so this topic is kind of touchy nowadays because a lot of people seem to be offended by, oh, well, are you saying that my obesity is causing my health conditions or that, you know, being fat isn't, sorry, being overweight isn't beautiful or whatever. And it builds this hypersensitivity to talking about the subject and talking about the real issues associated with being overweight 
Uh, I'll tie this into COVID in a little bit, um, but I need to express this outright. Um, being overweight and morbidly obese will 100% lead to health issues later on in life. So whether it's five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, it will 100% lead to issues if you don't change your lifestyle. Now, what I mean by that is if your BMI, and I, I don't like using BMI because it's just a, it's a, it's best used in a, a, a gross population as opposed to an individual statistic, but we're going to use it for now. We'll, we'll go with BMI for now. Just bear with me. Uh, a BMI over, I believe it's 20 or 22 is considered obese. Uh, and then anything above 25, I believe is considered, uh, the dangerous level of, you know, morbidly obese. Now, of course, that's going to vary between, um, body types and the, you know, exercise, uh, programs and schemes and just what you do with your life. So for example, my BMI, I believe is 10, maybe even under that, maybe it's eight, eight somewhere around there. Uh, but a good friend of mine, uh, is a bodybuilder and his BMI is probably roughly around 22, I'm assuming. Um, but he's not, he's not fat if that makes sense. It's, it's a healthy BMI just because BMI is a calculation based off of your height to your weight and your gender, of course, as well. So taking that into account, um, taking your body fat percentage, if you move on from BMI into your body fat percentage, that is going to play a role in your, your blood lipid density, um, or your blood lipid content. What is the, uh, your LDLs and your HDLs and whatnot, your high density lipoproteins, your low density lipoproteins. Uh, and those are going to build what's called plaque in your blood vessels. Now, you know, if you've listened to any other podcasts or any, watch any YouTube video, uh, or taken any kind of health class, even in high school, you'll probably know what I'm talking about here. But, um, essentially, Plaque is just a hardened substance that builds up in your in your veins and uh, your arteries and everything that is associated with moving blood, uh, and this can also build up in your heart um, now and your lungs. So having this type of buildup will put you at a a negative in life as a whole. So walking upstairs, uh, walking long distances, any type of physical exertion is going to be more difficult than it should be, especially if compared to somebody who uh, has clear blood vessels uh, and takes care of their body better. And not to be blunt or not to be, you know, I'm not trying to sound negative towards this, but it's an issue in the United States that needs to be fixed, but I digress. Um, so that buildup of plaque in your arteries and in your blood vessels is going to occlude, occlude them is what it's called. It's going to, what's the word? It's going to, it's going to stop the flow of blood, not completely. It's occlusion is the technical word, and I don't know how to explain it very well. Um, essentially, it's going to cut off your blood vessels about, we'll call it halfway. So you're not moving, your blood pressure is going to go up and you're not moving as much blood through a space as you can. Now, where does this tie into COVID? So... COVID attacks the lungs. Uh, it causes the, from what I remember, this is, this is the last thing that I checked as to how COVID works in the body. It causes your, your lung cells and your bronchioles and your bronchi to attack 
let me back that up. It causes your immune system to attack the lung cells and it, uh, it essentially strips what's called cilia off of your lung cells and cilia, or sorry, your bronchial, your bronchi, uh, and your cilia is what moves mucus, phlegm, all that good stuff, um, out of your airway, keeping it clear, uh, and infection-free. Now, when these cilia are damaged, they start to build up, uh, and bacteria starts to form, uh, starts to live, and, you know, you start to get infections in your lungs, and that's where the pneumonia comes from. Now, if your lungs are already not working at the best capacity that they can, if your tidal volume isn't where the average is for somebody your age, you're already at a disadvantage. Now, throw another infection in on top of that, and that's where people are starting to go on ventilators because they can't breathe by themselves because their their issues beforehand were not taken care of. Now... I'm not saying this is 100% of the time. I'm not saying this is a perfect metaphor for what's going on in the world. But it is a good way to bring to light what exactly we in the United States need to be focusing on in our day-to-day lives outside of COVID, outside of a global quote-unquote pandemic. Um, we need to focus on our health a little, a, a lot a bit more than we have been in the most recent years. If you're a smoker, if you eat out every day, and I'm not saying I'm the best with this because I'm a, you know, I'm 22 years old uh, and I'm essentially, I've, I've been in college for the last four years. And if, if you think about it, I'm still in college. So I'm not the best example of this, but I do take decent care of my body. So I'm not as worried about other things happening to me like COVID. Um, but if you take care of your body and if you do the things necessary to make sure that you're taken care of, your, your physical health is taken care of, then your mental health will follow as well. So a lot of people will comfort eat. Um, a lot of people drink, uh, alcoholism is another big thing that focuses more on the liver, but then it still kind of affects your immune system, but that's a topic for a different day. But this, this stigma that if somebody says, or if, if the stigma that living unhealthy is the new trend, is the new beautiful, or whatever you want to call it, needs to stop. Because that's when you get... the COVID is a prime example of this. That's when you start to get the, the people that can't handle a cold or the flu or you know, other things that normal, healthier people can handle because they've already put their body at a risk ahead of the disease, if that makes sense. So if we take this, if we take this whole COVID thing and use it to our advantage as a nation, and focus on ending the obesity epidemic that we all know is going on, but don't want to talk about, we can, we can essentially eradicate not the, the extra diseases and not the, the things that, you know, most people associate with the stigma of you know, fat shaming or whatever, we can, we can, we can make ourselves a healthier country and a happier country. And it all starts with being able to talk about the things that a lot of people find offensive for no real reason. There's no need to 
get upset if your doctor tells you that you need to lose some weight because that's their job. In the end, you go to the doctor so they can tell you what to do to stay healthy. And I'm not saying all doctors are perfect and I'm not saying all doctors are good, but if you're happy with your doctor up until the point that they say you need to lose some weight and then they're the devil to you, maybe you need to do some soul searching. Maybe you need to figure out where your priorities actually lie and if you're actually going to them to keep yourself healthy. Because as soon as somebody says something slightly offensive, even if it makes complete sense to you, or not, it, it doesn't have to make complete sense to you. Even if it makes complete sense, but you find it offensive, maybe take a step back and think of why, why is this person saying this to me? Why do I need to, why do I need to look at myself in a different way so I know that, or so that I can see what this professional is telling me to do? Now, a lot of people don't want to get their information from research or from different sources, they want to get their information force-fed to them through the news. And so when people start looking at the news, and the news today is absolutely atrocious. I hate watching any kind of news today because it's so opinionated that you're getting force-fed other people's opinions. And if that was one thing that I learned from college, it's that you look at multiple different sources to formulate your own opinion on something. Now, a lot of my opinions as far as medicine, uh, as far as public health, global health, um, are based off of exercise science and how exercise affects the whole body with a little bit of uh, first aid, basic life-saving, that kind of stuff mixed into it. So I like to view myself as a little bit more well-rounded medical, quote-unquote, professional uh, because I, I can look at things from multiple different points of view and formulate my own opinion about it. And there's a lot of different metaphors that I could go to to explain this but the biggest one that I can think of is this so a patient comes in after tearing their ACL and your job is to do rehab for them now you look at 10 sources saying that sorry you look at nine sources saying that quadricep extensions uh yes knee extension via quadricep contraction is the best way to strengthen the quadriceps before surgery to result in a better outcome after surgery but one article says that that is not the case now 90% of the sources that you look at say that this is the way to, to set up your athlete for more success after surgery. I'm going to go with the 90% as opposed to the 10%. Now, if you are doing research on say COVID or, uh, what exercise is best for gaining weight, losing weight, whatever, go with what most people say and formulate your own opinion on that. That's where, that's where I base a lot of my opinions and a lot of my, uh, I spend a lot of my time looking into because of a lot of people have different opinions and a lot of trials have different results. Now, the point of the point of all of that is to 
look at multiple groups of people and look at, sorry, look at multiple groups of researchers and figure out what you should believe as truth. Now, this is where it ties back into my original point of COVID setting up the United States for a better future. So if we look at the different groups of people that are affected most negatively from COVID and the ones that are affected the least negatively and draw correlations between those groups, you can see that the ones that are most negatively affected are the ones that have the most existing issues going into their COVID infection. Now, if we take that and if we use that in the future, or even now, we can start now, but I highly doubt anybody would jump on that train now. But using that data that you collect from that and those correlations, you can you can prevent other groups of people of younger people from suffering those same issues by helping them by by helping them before the the disease gets to them you're cutting it off at the pass and This is this ties into a lot of different things. Now, Winston Churchill in whatever year this was said, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So if we learn and if we if we don't look at the fact that the people that are most negatively affected by COVID are generally the ones that are overweight, have pre-existing health issues. Now, I'm not talking about the ones that have asthma or have um, cystic fibrosis or, uh, any other kind of autoimmune disorder that is affected. But these are the people that are obese due to lifestyle choices that have type two diabetes due to lifestyle choices that have atherosclerosis due to their lifestyle choices. And we see that these are the people that are being most negatively affected now and going into 2021 the year of the essentially year 2 of covid we need to start looking at the next group of people that could be affected and start looking at s- fixing those lifestyle choices now so that way when people when these new people start getting covid the the mortality rate in that group isn't as high as it is in the group of people that are already affected. And now I'm the mortality rate isn't high as it is. It's less than 1%. But most people are seeing that that however I think we've we haven't even surpassed 1 million deaths yet in the United States or maybe we're coming up on it. I don't know what exactly it is. But people see that that many people have died and it could be of COVID. It could be of COVID related symptoms. It could be not related to COVID, but they said it was due to COVID. Either way, people see those numbers and that's where we start getting all the shutdowns, the mask mandates, the the removing of liberties that we don't necessarily need to do if we would just take the issue at hand of okay there's a a large group of people that are obese in the United States and if we cut that number in half we take this other group of people that are more susceptible to dying of covid and we cut that number in half as well if that makes sense. I know I th- I threw a lot of a lot of different things at you there 
and I can I can do a little bit more research. I just wanted to record a podcast now um, with what I what I knew off the top of my head. Um, I'll probably end up doing a little bit more research on this and maybe throw out another one with more statistics, uh, more cited sources and that kind of stuff. But just looking at what I saw this morning uh, on the news and with that that little girl that is hospitalized due to COVID, uh, it really made me think of, you know, what are we what are we doing as a country to stop this from happening? to to stop the 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 deaths and the 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 unnecessary fear of covid and not to make it a controversial topic or this or that or whatever but it's it's the pre-existing conditions it's the the things that we can control that are the worst for us in this situation. Now, a little bit of a shorter one today. Uh, I think it's about the same time as my last one, but thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any suggestions, uh, feel free to comment. I don't know how. You could follow me on Anchor um, or on Spotify. I know I'm there. Or on Apple Podcasts as well. I know it's uh, my podcast is just now going live on there. But follow me on any of those. I think you can leave a comment on Apple Podcast and Anchor. Uh, definitely not Spotify, though. But leave something there if you have any, any topics I should talk about, any uh, suggestions, or if you have a counter to anything that I brought up today. I'm always open to uh, debate or uh, just a, a good conversation about... Um, what you what you think is associated with whatever topic so thanks again for listening and i'll catch you guys in the next one